This episode of Burn the Haystack is sponsored, somewhat ironically, by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to thehaystack.org. The Haystack, life, culture, theology. Welcome back to Burn the Haystack with Josh and Jesse. I'm Jesse. And I'm Josh. And this is a conversation where we help you save the best and burn the rest of your culture and faith practices. And here we are today with a recording from my own house for once, which is nice. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah and my... you've, been, um, you've been recording everything from your church office and not to, not to, to decry or to, you know mock your church office but you get a lot of interruptions just because you're such a busy and, and popular guy hey <laughs> yeah and also the internet there needs a little bit of an upgrade which we're we're working on i think um so it would cut in and out so I decided to record this one from home but i uh, just wanted to let everybody know that my cat sunny has been meowing <laughs> literally non-stop this whole morning so if he walks past and it's not a nice meow it's like a like you, you will, you you'll probably hear him in this episode. So I am sorry if you do hear that, or I don't know, maybe you're into that. Maybe you'll be like, "Wow, this makes the podcast so much better." Yeah, yeah. I think you know, for the cat lovers out there, that's probably going to be like a, an extra treat for everybody else. I think it's just going to be weird, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he has stopped for the last like five minutes, so maybe he's worn himself to like he's tucked himself out. I, so he's... I haven't heard him uh, once at all. So oh, okay, cool, great. There we go. Miracles do happen. <laughs> How have you been, Josh? Uh, been uh, going all right there, mate? I've been fantastic. I have just come back from Australia from uh, a wedding and I was hanging out with my whole, you know, my, my dad's side of the family and I got to see all of my nieces and nephews. It was just fantastic. That is lovely. As and an extrovert, I can tell that your, your, uh, your, your extrovert sort of adrenaline has kicked in and you've been fed. Oh, I'm glad you can notice that because <laughs> I feel the di- I feel the difference. I don't know if people notice, but I definitely notice. But fun fact about it, it was actually the first, and I know people will find this crazy and maybe I'll explain it one day, but probably not. This is actually the first weekend <laughs> when I've ever actually seen, the first time that I've ever actually had all of my nieces and nephews in the same place. I've never been there when they're all in the same place. Your nieces and nephews, how many do yeah. you have? Well, now... After this marriage, I have more. But before that, I had six. Oh yeah, it's like oh, yeah. yeah, two, two girls and a boy from my older from my, my older sister, and then and they, three they all, girls from my. Are they all little. Um, oldest is twelve, thirteen. Oh yeah. Youngest is, uh, I don't know, seven. No, so are you are you like the cool uncle? Is that sort of your your brand? Is that what you come in? <laughs> Now, uh, my sister is definitely the cool auntie, and so I'm just trying to like level, like get level with her. So, I don't know if I can though. You know, I'm working real hard. They have some really cool uncles and aunties, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to get there, man. But they're cool kids, so. <laughs> oh, that is yeah, great. They're definitely that cooler so than great. me. They, uh, the coolness gene skipped me and just landed all on them. So. <laughs> Mildly jealous. 
Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. No, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm happy for you. I'm also excited. I'm going to be going to Australia in a few a few weeks' time. Um, I just became an uncle for the very first time. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Well, it's congratulations, I guess, to my brother and sister-in-law. So, um, yeah, they just had a little baby girl a week and a half ago. Uh, so, that is super exciting. Karina um, is... Karina is 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 basically living on a steady diet of pictures and videos from <laughs> from her from her little niece Grace. Um, she, she gets very upset when she doesn't get a photo or a video. Uh, I think that's really what's what's keeping her going at this point. <laughs> Cute. Uh, oh, but, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. So it'll be cool to yeah, cool to to see her. Um, yeah, I f- it feels weird being an uncle, but I know that so many people actually become like uncles and aunties like really early, but I don't know. It's just, it's weird for me. Well, yeah, I've been an uncle since I was like, no, that can't be right. Yeah. 12. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It would be. Yeah. She's in year 10. Yeah. 11. Yeah. yeah. Wow. There you go. So yeah. Mm. It's how, it, how it is. How it is. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Well, how good is um, family though? Just so good. We should just do a whole podcast where we just talk about how good family is. I'm just on the vibe at the moment. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a shame because today's topic is a little bit on the downer side, but that, like we're in such a happy place. <laughs> yeah. Well, because today we actually have a spare guest. We have a very special guest. Oh wait, no, we don't. It's a, we had to interrupt everything for a special news announcement. <laughs> uh, very uh, frivolous and wrong news announcement on many many levels (laughs) (laughs) did you know jesse that adventist youth are going wild every year at avondale college they're going wild i mean it's not wrong like i mean (laughs) there are there are definitely people going wild wild for education (laughs) this episode is sponsored by avondale college of higher education (laughs) (laughs) Lol jokes. I wish it was. We'd get so much of that advertising money because Avondale is rich. No, it's not even. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just move right along from that. Yeah, no. Nah. Um, so I, I was on the, I was on the way home actually from uh, Todonga because Karina and I went away for the weekend as well. Except instead of going to Australia, we just went to Todonga here in beautiful New Zealand. Um, and I, I was on the way home and I, I got this message from one of our listeners. And he said, hey, have you seen this article? Um, I had not. And so I checked it out. Uh, It's from a publication, an online publication called Advent Messenger. And the title of of the article, as Josh just said, is Adventist Youth Go Wild Every Year at Avondale College. Now, as two alumni from Avondale College, this instantly sparked our interest. I also had this article sent to me a couple of times, you know, in the in the past day or so. But I was in Australia. I was preoccupied. I wasn't looking at my phone pretty much for the whole weekend. It was kind of lovely. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'm really trying to catch everything up. Of course, this sort of thing always happens when I'm not looking at my phone <laughs> for a couple of days. It's always like the biggest outbreak. So maybe I should do it more often so more interesting things happen. Yeah, um, we could test that theory. Yeah, we could test that theory. Um, yeah. So, so what's the article talking about? Uh, well, if you are from Avondale or you've been to Avondale, no doubt from the past thirty years, you'd notice that every year Avondale has a barn dance, uh, which is kind of a weird 
thing. Like, I mean, I'm sure back in the day it was like the cool thing to do, but I don't, I don't know. It still is the cool thing to do. Let's be real uh, here. Okay. (laughs) Well, as in, you mean like going to barn dance at Avondale is the cool thing to do, but I don't know if hosting a barn dance is the cool thing to do. That's probably, yeah, that, that's probably outdated, but (laughs) I've never, I've never been to a barn dance outside of Avondale. Loved it. Really? You've never been to a barn dance outside of Avondale? No. Where, is, there a, is there a secret place in regional Australia where barn dances just happen every weekend? No, well, no, but I mean, like you grew up in you grew up in regional Australia. There were barn dances everywhere. Where, I mean, really? when I was living regional and when I was living oh. in the city, there were barn dance events. Maybe the maybe the qualifying factor in here is the fact that I grew up in a conservative regional area, in a conservative Adventist community. Uh, so maybe you never got the memo. Maybe I didn't. Maybe they just skipped over our, our letterbox or uh, something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Uh, okay. So those guys are a bunch of Adventists. They're not going to come to our barn dance. Anyway, All right. um, <laughs> we're getting sidetracked. So this 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 article um, was written by a guy named Andy Roman, who I have to assume is basically the, the, whole, the guy behind the whole website. Um, and like Advent Messenger is just one of many... Um, more conservative um, websites that describe themselves as news sources um, with a sort of Adventist biblical slant. And this this article kind of caused a lot of stir in the Avondale community for for many, many reasons. Um, Josh, what was your initial reaction when you read this article for the first time? I mean, I was kind of, I was mostly like shocked because when I got it, when it got sent to me, I'm friends with both of the guys on the cover photo for it. Uh, one, I'm a, he's a particularly good friend of mine. So I was like, what is going on? Um, <laughs> and then you read the first little bit and you're like, oh, this is nice. And then it just, it just really spirals. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I was, I was kind of let down. I was like, really? Like, are we really going to pick on barn dance? Like, I'm just, uh, I don't know. There, There's so many things going on in the world right now and so many bad things happening. And then somebody had to take the time to write this whole thing, get a whole lot of photos, crop a video together. Um, and I'm just like, really? This is like your main concern right now? I don't know. I just was yeah. like, ah, why is this happening? Because... As somebody who's, I mean, I didn't go to every barn dance when I was at college. Um, I think I went to two or three of them, two. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely skipped a few because I don't know. I got a, I, I got a bit over the sweat box by the, <laughs> by the end. It is, it is, it is that way. It do be like that sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, oh man, like it's such a to me anyway. It, it's such a tame event. As somebody who's actually been there, I was like, really? Like I can't believe this is something that they're they're doing like who who hits this yeah and i think if you are somebody who's never been to avondale before or you've never been to the barn dance before you could definitely look at this article and go oh my gosh this is like this is so terrible because the way that they're painting it is um loud music possibly drugs possibly alcohol sexual tension very inappropriate behavior and for any person who's actually been to a barn dance you know that that's really not the case it's a it's a bunch of kind of pretty lame old school games which are fun <laughs> oh but, yeah, you know, yeah 
you know, they're, they're kind of lame, but they're also really fun. And then Peter Dixon and his band playing, you know, Sweet Home Alabama and all the, like, the old eight, 70s, 80s and 90s classics that are sort of, you know, everybody knows, but nobody really listens to, but everybody kind of knows. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I know. remember the, the first year that I went to this, I think I called my dad and I was just like, hey, yeah, I went you with this social. He's like, well, what did you do? You know, your first social at university. And I'm like, um, well, we, we went to, we had a barn dance and we line danced and, um, <laughs> played this game. And, and that was like, really? Like that's, <laughs> that's how, like we did that when I was like a kid, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it was a bit of a shock to the system, but you know, it was fun actually, to be honest. By the end, I, I had heaps of fun. I was like, dad was like, okay, cool. And he's like, what songs did the band play? He's like, oh. Oh, really? Like, <laughs> I know all of those songs. You know? <laughs> um, so, I don't, yeah, I think if my dad was surprised at how sort of old school it was. Yeah, yeah. And and how harmless, because it is, it's harmless. It's it's just, it's just a fun night. Um, And I don't know, if you've ever been to, to the barn dance, you know, you know what we're talking about. But I guess the, the, the hard part about it is if you've never been to one, it's very easy to look at this and to... And if you are more inclined to not like that sort of thing, to be able to say, oh, this is terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So what does Andy Roman actually say? Um, We're going to go through the article kind of briefly because I don't really want to dwell on it too much. I just want to kind of skim the article and sort of bring out the main points. Um. But here's what he describes it as. He describes it as uh, students playing games and dancing. The night ends with a concert by the Peter Dixon Band. From the pictures and the videos, you can see that the band's performance is performance is both frivolous and wrong on so many levels. I feel like that should be the ep- the title of this episode. This episode <laughs> is frivolous and wrong on so many episodes. Which I just found the strangest description of Peter Dixon's band. I'm like, really? Like, are we talking about the same Peter Dixon? You know, I I love his stuff. It's so I don't know. Yeah. But frivolous? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and anyway. he doesn't explain he doesn't explain what he means by the music being frivolous and wrong. I think I think there's sort of an a priori assumption of people understand that this music is bad and so we can't we don't even have to describe it we all we all know we all understand that 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 stuff is bad yeah which i find is so strange yeah um all right so he goes on to then note the pictures and the image images in the article um, that are all taken from the uh, Avondale Student Association's Facebook page, the college uh, Avondale College Church's Facebook page, etc. Um, and he says, quote, the students want the whole world to know that Avondale is a fun place to attend. It's never dull or boring. They're not ashamed about what they're doing. Instead, they're proud about their entertainment programs. Okay. How dare Avondale be fun and entertaining for students? <laughs> How dare you have fun, Avondale? What's wrong with this generation? <laughs> I mean, so far, so far, uh, there's nothing wrong with that statement, I, I don't think. But what he then goes on to lament is that SDA pastors from the university um, and from the, the SPD, the AUC, the North New South Wales Conference, all these layers of church administration apparently are all complicit and they all sort of 
in bed with Avondale to produce this terrible, terrible thing. They all allowing it um, to happen, which he thinks is just absolutely awful. Um, and not to mention that, but the entire church conference union and division all these layers have apparently been complicit with this wrongdoing for 30 years can you imagine josh 30 years of complicitude i think that's a word i don't know if that is a word but anyway (laughs) it sounds like a word can you imagine though 30 years that is just awful yeah i guess so Uh, all right okay so so what's yeah. What does he actually say is is bad about barn dance? Well, this is this is interesting because I mean he doesn't he shies away from actually describing why it's wrong, um, and, and he does this continually. He he actually he makes these claims that it's wrong, but he actually always shies away of actually describing why it is. Instead, I think as I said before, I think he's just assuming that people already agree with him when he says this is wrong. So he doesn't feel the need to actually describe what about the music? What about the games? What about the dancing? What about the dress? What about the atmosphere is actually inappropriate or wrong? Um, At least as far as I can see. I don't know if you can actually um, find him uh, describing exactly. He he talks a little bit about the end. Um, And I think most people with half a brain can figure out sort of what he's talking about. But it is interesting that he doesn't actually state what he thinks is wrong about it, apart from, I suppose, the end, his conclusions and his concluding statements, and then potentially also the Ellen White quotes that he throws in there in the middle of the article. Yeah, and that, I guess he goes on to that, that he has this random tangent about the uh, Chan Shun um, yeah. auditorium and all that sort of thing, which I was like, what? It's such a sidetrack, but it takes up a big chunk of the article too. Yeah, he, he makes this claim that um, the, the general conference should either require the cancellation of the event or ask for their million dollars back because apparently when the Chan Shun auditorium was, was built, the GC donated a million dollars um, to the to the college to, to help um, pay for the cost of it. So he says that this i suppose what he's saying is that the historical pedigree of adventism the chanshun um foundation the the sort of legacy of adventism is being tarnished and so the general conference should require he says require the cancellation i quote of the event or ask for their million dollars back yeah which is pretty pretty crazy like i, I mean okay even okay so say say i agreed on him like agreed with him that the event was totally wrong and should be shut down and everything. I still think that's a pretty extreme like requirement to be like, we need our million dollars back, stat! You know, like, <laughs> how dare you? I don't know. Like, for me, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, surely you could just say, okay, maybe they should just cancel the event and then just leave it at that. And then if they don't, Maybe they should just talk to them about it. Isn't he that goes, an option? Do we do that go- still or do we not have conversations? <laughs> no, that's that's. I, I think that's probably one of the things that I have the most issue with is he just goes for the jugular straight away. There's no sort yeah. of intermediary, <laughs> hey guys, let's just have a discussion about this and talk it through and then we'll raise our concerns and you can have respond. He's like, no, the, the, they should cancel the event or the GC should ask for their million dollars back. It's like, 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. And like, it, like, he mentions about, like, they, the whole place should basically be shut down. Is essentially what he's saying, or they should drop the Adventist label or something. Yeah, that's what he says at the very end. Um, if I can find the quote, he says, um, yeah, he's, so he's appealing to the Adventist pedigree, the legacy of Avondale and Adventism. He says that this isn't a uh, drunken, out-of-control music venue. Rather, it's an SDA university. It's a, it's, a, it's a higher education with the SDA title. And he says that if Peter Dixon, his band, and the entire barn dance continues, that Avondale should drop their entire affiliation with the SDA church. Um, he says, quote, dump the Christian church label and turn the entire facility into a rock club venue for every kind of worldly band and music because it seems that these kinds of venues are more in line with the whole party nightlife scene than with the reverence, worship and awe that is due to a holy God. Wow. Could you imagine if like Avondale College, like say the whole thing did shut down and that became a central <laughs> hub for music? <laughs> Kurumbong, Australia. I mean, okay, any Australians will, or New Zealanders will know how out in the middle of nowhere it is. It's, it's such a random, yeah. I be, okay, oh, I'm going to be honest. I can respect. I can respect his conviction. Do you know what I mean? Like that, mm, mm. he really sees this as wrong. And I, you know what I mean. I'm not. I'm never going to argue with somebody else's conviction. Oh um, sure. Like if that's what they've been convicted of the Holy Spirit about. Um, like good, good on them for for having that. Um, but I just like this isn't this isn't how you solve these sort of things. I guess is what I'm <laughs> thinking. Sorry if I'm jumping ahead, but that's just to no. me. It's just it's just these huge leaps and bounds, rather than um, what's an actual effective next step we could take here. I agree, but I also think that this is something of a symptomatic problem of Adventism because, like, if I think back to historically historical sort of issues in the church this is what we've done i mean i think of um jones and wagner uh and, and versus uriah smith in the 1888 general conference session where the big issue was righteousness by faith the reason that started was at jones who was kind of the driver of this whole thing started writing these articles about it and so instead of actually getting in a room and talking about this uriah smith um, who is then, I believe, the editor of the Review and Herald, which he held for like 30 years or something like that. He, instead of getting in a room with A.T. Jones and, and Wagner, he shot articles back. And so that's what that's how people have kind of communicated in the church for a while. I write an article, you disagree with me. So instead of talking to you, I'm going to shoot an article back at you to, to attack you and your views. Yeah, which is exactly the problem we just, we talked about recently when we had Tim Gillespie on the podcast and the whole One Project thing. It's literally the exact thing. People are writing articles and publicly posting them rather than privately having conversations. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I don't know how you can do that. No. I, and it's, yeah, it, it's a big problem. And I, as I, as you said, you know, I can definitely agree. Uh, well, I can definitely support um, Roman's uh, convictions. And the fact that he has a conviction is great. And the fact that he's willing to stand by that and to actually express that is great. What I don't agree with and, and I have issues with is both what we mentioned, you know, the, 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 the roundabout way of actually engaging with the people who are performing and you know, putting on this event. And also just his blatant, um, his blatant misuse of scripture and Ellen White. Um, it, it's insane. So 
I made I made a few notes on this. He quotes five um, passages from Ellen White's writings. So four of them are from counsels to parents, teachers, and students, and the 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 fifth one is from Selected Messages, Volume Two. And then after he quotes Ellen White five times, he then brings in scripture. Mm. <laughs> yeah. um, and and as uh, Josh and I were talking about this before. Um, you actually made a mention of the um, the context that he's sharing um, the Ellen White quotes on. Do you want to speak to that just briefly? Yeah. Oh well, I I know more about rather than the, the I mean the ones on um, Avondale about it being a um, what is it a pattern? Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean that stuff's pretty pretty self-explanatory. I think it's not like um, I don't know. It's an interesting read. I would encourage people that that's something more. Just read if you if you just read that that section about Avondale. It's pretty interesting just knowing why it was started in the first place. Um, and there's a lot to learn there. I think just in general. Um, yeah. but it's more the the one that he quoted from uh, selected messages. Now, whenever people quote things from selected messages, it's always um, it's one of those things that can just be really wildly out of place. Um. But even if you read um, in that section of selected messages, uh, it's in chapter three. Um, they actually they un- they give you an amazing chunk of context right at the beginning of the chapter, <laughs> um, and basically, like, so it's when she's talking about like people can't. Um, oh, I should I should read the quote exactly what the the quote is um, before I. Before I say this, because then I'm misquoting, and then the cycle goes on. All right, basically. Um, according to Ellen White, what is God's will for us regarding music? Notice the counsel given to us by our prophet. The Holy Spirit never reveals itself in such methods, um, in such a bedlam of noise. This is an invention of Satan to cover up his ingenious methods of making, uh, for making of none effects the pure, sincere, elevating, ennobling, sanctifying truth for this time. Better never have the worship of God blended with music than to use musical instruments to do the work which Jan- which last January was represented um, to me, would be brought into our camp meetings. The truth for this time needs nothing of this kind of its work converting souls. A bedlam of noise shocks the senses and perverts that which is conducted aright might be a blessing. The powers of satanic agencies blend with the din and noise to have a carnival, and this is termed the Holy Spirit's working. Um, <laughs> it's a bit wordy basically she was really actually speaking out against something i think in my interpretation at least is totally different um there was this thing called the holy flesh movement um yeah back in the early 1900s um and what was actually really cool is ellen white had sort of a vision of this while she was in australia um and this whole thing was taking place in indiana so i don't know i think that's kind of cool so she wrote this while she was in australia i think um but basically, the Holy Flesh movement was this, uh, and it sounds cr- honestly, it sounds crazy saying it. I don't know how people arrive to it, and I feel bad saying that. But to me, it, it's so out there. Um, but basically, what people believed that was that every Christian needed to go through a Garden of Gethsemane experience, like Jesus did, and that your flesh would actually be made holy here on earth, um, and that once you had holy flesh. You were then perfect and would never die. I think you. I think they believe yeah. that you'd never even die. So you'd never that's sin the, and you'd never that's die. That's the end goal. Yeah. That's so you'd become goal. perfect. So what they would do is they would cram all of these people into a room, 
and they would get um, basic organs, flutes, fiddles, tambourines, horns, um, massive bass drum sort of thing. And from my understanding of it, I'm totally willing to be proven wrong on this, but from my understanding of it, um, they wouldn't even really do songs. They would be in there for hours and they would just create noise, like just blaring every sort of sound. And it's described when you, you couldn't even tell what instrument was making what sound at that point. It's just chaos. And people would um, jump and run and, and clap and dance like crazy for hours and hours until someone would collapse. Um, and they wouldn't stop dancing then. But when somebody collapsed, then there would be people who were, their job was to walk up and down the aisles. So then they would grab the person who's collapsed, throw them up on stage, and then people would be singing and shouting at them and screaming, blasting noise at them until they kind of woke up. And then apparently after that, they had holy flesh. They'd been through the Garden of Gethsemane and bam, holy flesh. <laughs> so in other words, pretty much exactly what happens at a barn dance. <laughs> Well, that is that's mental. A, it, it is insane. It's honestly, I, I, I'm so I want to keep reading up on this because it's so interesting to me that people could arrive to that conclusion. So she's speaking out against that. So I think to apply that because music, the best definition of music I've ever heard is that music is organized sounds. Right? This doesn't sound like music. This sounds like <laughs> totally total chaos. Um, and, you know, there is instruction, like biblical instruction for worship to be um, somewhat orderly and for not to be chaos. Mm. And barn dance, well, A, it's not really worship. It's it's just a social Recreation. Um, and the songs they choose as well, I th- um, they choose lyrically appropriate songs as well. Um, and I, I, I just think, and like the songs, it's not chaos and bedlam. It's, it's. There's songs, there's parts, there's just a guitar, just a bass, just drums and one vocal and they're singing three minute songs in really simple formats and people are just having fun. It's a completely different context and application to me. I think even using that as an extended application is just too far removed from the original source. I would agree. And I think the implication, there's another implication, which is that if you as a Christian are partaking in music or content that is not of a Christian or Christ-like um, manner, then that's also not okay. And so I think that's, I can understand it in that sense of, oh, well, you're listening to secular music. So therefore, well, that's not okay, which I, I disagree with, but. Yeah. Oh, I, like, I mean, I know a lot of people, like when I first became a Christian, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast, but I actually stopped listening to all secular music and only went to church stuff. That's just where I was at at the time. Yep. Um, I've changed a bit now, and there's still a lot of music I don't listen to, but um, like I choose not to listen to. I mean, um, but I think I do think it's a bit too much of a stretch to assume that just because you're listening and engaging with secular music, that instantly that takes away any, I don't know, any spirituality you have. It takes away your relationship with Jesus. To me, is I don't know how you arrive at that. Yeah, I, I would very much like to hear Andy Roman or anybody else who kind of agrees with this idea to explain um, King David's dancing naked, shaking a tambourine up and down the aisles as they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem. Like his wife gets really mad with him and says, you know, you're actually making a fool of yourself. 
And then David's basic reaction to his wife is, yeah, and I'm going to make even more of a fool my, of myself because I love God and I just want to honor him in every any way I can, even if it makes me look like an idiot. Well, know? yeah. And that, I mean, that's the thing. Like really, it's... It's it's one of those it's one of those things that I think people get really caught up in and I don't know I just there is room for for music to be something that almost like you you, you um you engage with in a way that's more than just singing yeah. um and I yeah. think sometimes we go to extremes and, and lose that and I think part of the but I think part of this reaction is and I'll talk this a little bit later is due to the era in which Adventism was founded. And I think, you know, a lot of the time we look back to the era in which Adventism was founded, that definitely influenced Ellen White, definitely influenced the, um, the founders of our church. And I think we try and just fit and shape their um, cultural sensibilities to try and um, determine what we how we react to culture when i think that's a mistake um but i'll speak to that in a minute because i just want to quickly before i share a little bit more we share a little bit more of our thoughts um the worst that's we haven't even gotten to the worst part of the article yeah (laughs) Yeah. the actual worst part of the article um is is sort of toward the end where he makes the claim that god's angels are present at the concert but they're present recording the names of the people participating and facilitating the event um and i quote they were there recording every detail of this exhibition and recording the names of all those who allow this to happen year after year we have no clue of the bitter disappointment we may have to face when we stand before god unless there is true Genuine repentance and confession, many of our fellow brethren may be in for a rude awakening, eternally lost and separated from God and from his true, faithful, commandment-keeping people, unquote. And, I mean, not to mention just before that, he also mentioned that Jesus wasn't, well, he believes that Jesus wasn't present at this event or any of these events. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not like we... St- omnipresent omni is that a word we use to describe god you know yeah, like yeah. I, <laughs> everywhere at all times yeah yeah but apparently jesus wasn't there but his angels were there i don't know yeah it's a, <laughs> i yeah i i'm very interested by this i i don't know where the, where he got this theology from um maybe it's the same theology that says that used to say you know if you went to the to the cinema or the theater you know the angels don't come in with you or they record your sins like it's are we saved by grace or or are we not saved by grace do if we're saved by grace and then we go to a barn dance do we risk losing our salvation like is that what he's saying i i just don't understand where this theology comes from yeah i um yeah i'm really confused by this (laughs) that's all i can say i'm like what where does this come from yeah yeah and I think he's painting a picture of, of a very particular kind of world, of a very particular kind of person that God only accepts, like God only accepts people who fit his categories and him, by him I mean Andy Roman and this whole, I guess, sub-movement of far-right 
wing Adventist or ex-Adventist or loosely Adventist um, people. Uh, and and I, I don't quite know exactly what that world looks like, but I can kind of make a guess that it's, you know, hymns only, suit and tie, very reverent and serious. And and there's nothing, it, it's nothing wrong with any of those things. But it's, again, it's about creating boxes of, well, if you participate in this, then you could risk losing your salvation. What? Yeah. And I mean, even the idea to me that Jesus, like, I feel like we're not even looking at the same Jesus. Like Jesus would go to tax collectors parties, like dinner parties, which probably were way worse than this. And I mean, really the big picture, Jesus came to earth. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he stepped out of heaven and stepped into earth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he hung out with with prostitutes. He hung out with like all sorts. And I'm just like, how, how, how do you, how do you make this? How do you arrive at this (laughs) after reading about Jesus? Yeah. I, I, I truly don't know. Um, yeah. And I'm like, maybe he just got like, maybe he didn't mean it like that. Maybe he just got caught up in, in what he was writing. Cause he was really passionate about it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's talking, uh, he, it's possible. Maybe he's talking about the, the road or the trajectory that perhaps attending a barn dance, listening to worldly music, participating in rowdy games and all that sort of stuff. Perhaps he's meaning that's a trajectory to a sinful life, which could make you separated from God. Uh, but still, I think it's a stretch. Uh, theologically, I just it's not there for me. I just I, I cannot reconcile it um, in my mind theologically. But anyway, um, I have some more thoughts on this. Um, do you have anything more to add to that, Josh? Because I, I, I want to go in a slightly different direction. Um, no, I'm good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, I recently watched... Have you heard of the, the, the Netflix documentary Behind the Curve? No, it's on my list, though. I need to watch it. Okay. So, for those of you who don't know um, Behind the Curve, it's basically a, a film made, I think funded partially by the Flat Earth Society about Flat Earth theory and the people who kind of make up the Flat Earth scene, um, the popular YouTubers, the uh, the podcasters, the personalities who propagate this Flat Earth theory. And it, the, the, the documentary actually hilariously illustrates some of the experiments that these Flat Earth theorists um, perform to try and prove that the Earth isn't round and they actually all these experiments fail, which is which is very funny um, to see that happening. And I won't spoil too much, but w- what this made me think of is, is it's really, it's fun to make fun of people with beliefs that seem ridiculous or silly. Mm. And it's easy to, to write off people who you disagree with. Now, I fundamentally disagree with Andy Roman and with Advent Messenger and with a lot of these sites on so many different things. And many people do. But in the documentary, um, they show this gathering of scientists from a whole bunch of different disciplines. And this physicist named Lamar Glover, who kind of gets up and, and speaks and addresses this gathering of scientists. And he says something really, really interesting. That the problem isn't flat earthers, but rather it's scientists and normal people. So within flat earth theory, 
the problem isn't actually the flat earthers, but rather it's the scientists and normal people's quote unquote normal people. It's, <laughs> it's kind of rude to, to refer to flat earthers as not normal people. Well, <laughs> I don't know, yeah, I, I mean, I that's get, what I that's what it. that's just what he says. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah. Continue. So, I'm interested. Why? 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 All right. So, so it 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 the that part of the the documentary intercuts with another flat earther who shares with um uh blah, 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 the one of the main characters not the main character, it's one of the main subjects in the in the film who shares with him that he got just got sick and tired of being called crazy, of being called delusional. And that's why a lot of these flat earth um, uh, members of this society have actually had marriage breakups. They're not talking to their families anymore. And they find comfort and solace and, and camaraderie in these people that share the same belief and the same view as them. That's why anybody gathers. Um, and And... What Glover says that is that calling somebody crazy or delusional isn't ever going to bring them around to your side. So if we were to sit here and talk about Andy Roman, how much of a terrible person we think he is and how wrong he is, that that's never going to turn him around to our side. And if he's listening, we don't hate you. We no, don't no, think not that you're terrible. Um, we disagree with you, but we're trying to do this in a way that's constructive. And that's exactly what Glover says. He says that instead, we should take the time to value the person as a person and to seek to understand why they believe what they believe. Um, And he says, I quote, when we leave people behind, when we leave people to stagnate, we leave potential scientists behind. Every flat flat earther, every anti-vaxxer, every conspiracy theorist represents somebody that we have left behind. And as scientists, we're called to do better. Yes, we're called to educate, but we're also called to empathize. Wow. That's actually really powerful. (laughs) It it really is. It really is. And I've kind of, I mean, that's kind of like the emotional climax of the movie. So I'm sorry for for kind of spoiling that. But I want to share that because as with Andy Roman and many of his peers, I don't think they're bad people. They believe what they're doing is good. They're trying to protect the church. They're trying to protect Ellen White. And I suppose at its heart, they're trying to protect God. I believe he's wrong, but I also believe that his intentions are in the right place. Yeah, and, and I, would, I would agree. And, um, like, I'm... That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I struggle with the conclusions he came to, um, but it doesn't mean that, like, I think any less of him um, or, you know, or even... That you know, I'm I wouldn't be willing to dialogue about this. I'm always thinking like you know, maybe I've got more to learn. Maybe there's things I haven't put together. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's, I don't want to. I don't want to throw throw what they do out. Yeah, no, mm. I, and I think as as I alluded to before, I think that um, that this controversy has is probably symptomatic of a of a larger problem that Adventists have had for the last hundred or so years. Um, Adventist Adventism kind of grew up and was and was birthed in well I mean we can point to 18 the 1830s 1844 the 1850s that sort of 30 year stretch was kind of when Adventism was 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 birthed and um shout out to Matthew Lucio at the Adventist History podcast because how often do you want to shout him out Jesse he's been shouted out enough <laughs> Okay. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I look. I I, it's a good I just I just got up to speed. I literally just listened to all his to all the all the episodes. So, That's really impressive. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. It was a long slog, but I got there in the end. But 
I'm stealing some of his ideas. That's why I wanted to shout him out. Um, the when the year 1900 came along, okay, this is 50 odd years after the sort of semi-founding of Adventism. Adventists were caught up in what was called then the Protestant Civil War. So this was like the rise of um, uh, religious liberalism, also the rise of l- religious fundamentalism. And Adventists, whilst they were kind of like a, a little fish in a big pond, um, they still felt the need to pick a side. Um, because Adventism came out of this sort of pioneering um, era of, you know, the gold rush and, 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 you know, the West, people always moving West in America. Um, people having to just rely on themselves and their gun and their horses just to be able to provide for their family. And so Adventists, when they came out of the 1800s into the 1900s, where the cities were growing, where entertainment was like, you know, commonplace where people were choosing to go to the cinema rather than, you know, doing all the stuff that you did in the 1800s, just, just, Mm. just surviving. The modern age came in and Adventists didn't know how to relate to it. Um, they they yeah. didn't know how to relate to modern people. Um, they didn't know how to relate to the changing world around them. And they struggled because Adventism at its heart up until that point was a pioneering faith, a faith for the everyman, a faith for the country, regional person. Um, and so as we came into the 20th century, many Adventist leaders um, actively criticized and condemned what was being called modernism. Um, but they, a lot of the time, just completely missed the point of what modernism was. Yeah. Um, you know, Adventism, as well as arising in the um, uh, sort of pioneering era, also arose in the Victorian era. Which, is, which was characterized by, you know, like the temperance movement, you know, uh, abolitionism, um, dancing and drinking and smoking, gambling. They were all like considered wasteful evils. Um, everybody was religious. Even reading books, you know, re- like yeah. reading fiction was considered a wasteful evil, which today we'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I mean, th- I think there are some people today who still would probably go along with that. Probably, yeah. Um, but a small minority, definitely. Um. And so, with sport as well. I mean, that's a that's a well documented thing. Um, Ellen White and many of our church uh, founders thought that sport was wasteful and, in some cases, evil because it produced competitiveness and all this sort of stuff, which apparently was really bad. Um, so this is the context that Adventism arose in, and I think, to a certain degree, the reaction that the church has had as culture has changed and shift, has not to been to change and shift and grapple with how we can reinterpret our message in the light of culture. It's been to cloister ourselves away in an attempt to preserve what we already have. Yeah, I would agree. And I think as as culture has rapidly been changing over the last, you know, well, what, 30 years it's been just insane um and funnily funnily enough barn barn dance has been going for 30 years but the last 30 years culture has changed so rapidly barely anyone can keep up with it let alone um our church um and so it's grown even further away um while we've pushed even further back and um realistically like when you isolate yourself from culture you actually really lose your ability to speak speak into it and actually influence it and transform it 
I agree. And I think that that's probably the fatal mistake that Andy Roman and Advent Messenger has made here. I think if he and the publication and many of his peers actually took the time to understand culture, to actually empathize with culture, then they would actually have a voice to be able to speak into culture. And, um, but instead, what they've done is they've just attacked culture. They've labeled culture, i.e. dancing, i.e. games and activities and songs. Jumping. As jumping. <laughs> Shouting. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. <laughs> they've labeled all that stuff as evil and wrong, and they're throwing darts at... Uh, at the culture that and in many cases it's actually as josh said you know it's actually culture that is kind of old school that is not really that current like if we were to go like super current it would be like more of a rave club with like djs and and all that sort of stuff <laughs> yeah like honestly it's yeah <laughs> it's really surprising I don't, I don't yeah that's that's why i found like this of all things to be getting angry about i just find this such a bizarre one yeah I agree, yeah. and I think, I think as you know, as we've mentioned, the disconnect here is is I think some people just wish that we lived in the eighteen hundreds. I, I think a lot of people wouldn't admit that, but when you visit a lot of our churches today, that probably becomes pretty apparent because the cultural and spiritual practices that we still hold on to, are stuff that maybe to the modern person would probably seem somewhat culturally irrelevant or the attitudes or the, the language that we use, the way that we relate to culture. It's almost like we just want to stay in our time capsule. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it'd be easier. They feel it would be easier, but I guarantee like <laughs> even if we did 1800s themes, socials, they would find things wrong with it. You know what I mean? Like it's, I just feel like it's 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 people searching for things to be upset about. That's what it almost feels like. I'm not saying that's necessarily what um, Andy was doing, but that's what it feels like as somebody who's on this side of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah. agree. I agree. Uh, but, but there is... Yeah. Yep. No, no. I think we're about to go to the same thing. There have been some great responses to this. There have been. Yeah. And I think this is this is... This is the interesting part because I think a Andy and probably Advent Messenger and a lot of these sites probably uh, more used to publishing these articles for their um, for their primary uh, I wouldn't say customer base but audience because if you scroll to the the earliest the oldest comments it's the sort of stuff that you would expect just completely agreeing with him how terrible this is and all that sort of stuff but for some reason this particular article really blew up in the Avondale scene. And many people um, who we know and who we respect, including the devil himself, Peter Dixon. Oh, um, come on, Jesse. That's not <laughs> okay, I'm, being, I'm just being hyperbolic. Um, the, the wonderful Peter Dixon, who we both love and adore, um, actually reached out and commented on the, the, the Facebook link to the uh, to, to the actual article itself, Avondale also reached out. Um, many other people reached out as well. So, Josh, do you want to just take us through some of the the discussion that's happened? Because, um, yeah, it, it, it's been a bit of a dialogue, which is great. Well, yeah, I think that's the best part about 
So I think Peter Dixon's comment, all of us could learn something from his comment. Honestly, it was really well done. Um, and honestly, that's all he's after is dialogue about it. Um, and he, he did it with such love. And uh, I, I really, I read it and I was like, man, that is so, because they were really calling him out. Now I think the article was actually really harsh towards Peter. Um, and yet he still handled it with, um, I think, a lot of grace, um, which was really cool to see. Um, and he, you know, he sent them so much love. That's how he started the whole thing. I just want to send out lo- lots of love to Andy Roman and the team and Advent Messenger. Seriously, to share your views is a blessed thing. I support freedom of speech. Good on them. I wish them um, much love, happiness, and peace. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just really cool. Um, and yeah, he was basically just saying it's great that we can ask ask questions and, and why questions which is one of the reasons he loves Avondale so much is it, it mm. really lets people ask lots of questions and wrestle with it. Um, mm. And then, yeah, he basically just opened it up to them and said, hey, I'd, I'd just love to talk to you about this. Um, and there's an interesting part, um, interesting little uh, paragraph, that's the word I'm looking for, um, that he wrote and it said, um, here's to people still loving each other in spite of their holding opposing views. And maybe it's Mm. time for young people right up to baby, baby boomers and beyond to say, this is our church and this is how we do it. You experience God the way you feel convicted to, and we will seek him in the way we will feel convicted to. Um, Mm. but maybe someone can word it better than me. (laughs) Yeah. That's Um, fine. Yeah. And I, I thought that was, um, and yeah, and then he said, oh, and Andy Roman, I'd love to chat with you on my podcast, which is cool. I didn't know Peter had a podcast, so shout out to Peter Dixon's podcast. I don't know what it's called, but we'll f- find out and post it somewhere, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, so yeah, like just inviting conversation. And there was a bit of dialogue between them, not heaps, but a, a bit, you know, and, and I think it was good to see. I, I kind of wish some of them were a, a little bit, you know, there was a bit more. Um, but hopefully yeah. Peter does make it happen on his podcast. That'd be cool. That would be really cool if if you can make it happen, Pete. That would be amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and and I love, I just love this because I mean, he's not defensive. He's not trying to defend himself or you know, push back on on what the article actually talks about. Uh, apart from the you know the the general the general message of the article, but he's really. Pete has this great way of, of opening people up into into dialogue and to do it in a way. I mean, he's he's been around the he's been around the hill a few times. I think he's had his fair share of 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 harsh discussions with different people over the years. So he definitely knows how to handle himself um, when it comes to controversy. Yeah. But he just he just has this way of inviting people into this discussion, and I think that's that's beautiful. And I think that's what. I want to see more of, you know? Yeah. Um, um, and even uh, Advent Messenger actually responded to that, which is cool because they didn't respond to a lot of the posts, but their response was pretty simple. And I just said, I agree. And I know that you have sincerely held beliefs as does everyone else. So I wouldn't mind hearing your deeply held convictions or sharing mine. Blessings, Andy. I was like, hey, that's awesome. Look at that dialogue, dialogue. That's what we want, everybody. And that's what happens when you open yourself up, when you're not combative, when you're not trying to defend yourself or trying to pr- prove the other person's wrong or an idiot or a heretic or whatever. It's disarming, you know? And you can still have, you can still have different beliefs. And, and this is what I think is, is really great about this whole thing, even though this whole thing is kind of a horrible 
situation. But I think one of the big sort of takeaways for me at least is that when we actually open ourselves up to dialogue and discussion without being on the warpath, it actually it actually un un um it disarms people who who are, you know. Yeah. You know what? What does the what do the proverbs say? You know, a a, a kind word turns turns away wrath. You know. Yeah, and that's I mean, that's one thing that I, like the comment section of this whole thing have been like, man, some people are just on a on a rampage with it, and you know, I guess maybe they're feeling hurt by it, so I can't really tell them that that's wrong, you know, or that. But it's I don't think it's gonna help the situation a lot. Um, and maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll maybe I'm not an expert on this, but um, Avondale College posted on it which was like whoa when i saw that yeah. i was like i cannot believe that that does not happen often <laughs> um but i guess it sort of stirred up so much that they kind of needed to um so where is it uh yeah there so it is this, yeah um so I'm, I'm gonna read the avondale college of higher education i'm gonna read the comment in its, in its entirety because it's it's really well done um well actually no i'm gonna skip the first part sorry but basically the i'm gonna read the part that's Professor Ray Roenfeld, who's the president of Avondale College, his comment um, that they posted. I recognize there has been a lot of conversation surrounding Advent Messenger's post regarding Avondale's barn night. However, I do also know that this thought group has not visited our campus and do not understand the good things that are happening here. These are young people having fun. Barn night is nothing like what happens on many university campuses, especially during orientation week. There was no drunken... Oh, this was no drunken party. This was good young people being young. Um, <laughs> these, Yeah, I know. <laughs> crazy. Uh, these are the same students who serve each other and the community through the many ministries of our campus church. They, at their own expense, regularly participate in Australian and international mission endeavours. These are the young people who drive Avondale's vibrant spiritual life. Please know them before you criticise them. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Proverbs seventeen twenty two. That really says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, and I think that's it. Like, I mean, if you've been to a barn dance, you know what it's like. If you've met the people at Avondale, you'd know that they're all on a different journey. Um, and I'll be the first to say that there are some people who do things that I'm like, okay, I'd, I wouldn't have done that at Avondale. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm. but that's it. Everybody's on their own journey. There are atheists who go to Avondale and study there. And there Definitely. are atheists who study there who meet Jesus while they're there. There are yeah. Adventists who go there who've never met Jesus and they meet Jesus when they go there. They've just been stuck in tradition their whole life. Yeah. And I think if we're being realistic here, like if we're just equating spirituality to your music choice, there are people who've spent their whole life listening to only hymns who've never met Jesus who think they're saved by the law. And yet when they meet Jesus, they might still listen to those hymns. So are the hymns evil? No. They were just on a journey with it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's so key. And I think it's very easy to just nitpick over these very small things to to make a mountain out of a molehill. And I, I really think this is what this is. And I think it's, as you've said, Josh, I think it's also just super disrespectful to these people these students who are on a journey um yeah as well as the intentions of great people like peter dixon his band the asa avondale student association who organizes a lot of these um social events 
as well as the the whole faculty of Avondale and really what Avondale is all about. Because yeah. Avondale isn't what he's saying it is. And that really does, it does bug me. It really does. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I just wish they could go and experience it and walk in their shoes for a little bit um, to know what it's like to be a 19-year-old in 2019. It's a different world. Um, but you know, Jesse, I've thought about it and I think I've come up with a pretty good solution to this whole thing. Okay, hit me. All right, so I don't think they should get rid of barn, barn dance or barn night. Barn dance? Barn dance. Um, I think they should just adjust it slightly. Mm. All right? So instead of barn dance, we call it barn day, right? Where we all the new students and faculty all get up at four in the morning and they erect a barn in one day, <laughs> just like the Amish do. And then they spend they spend they spend all the time in the barn and then they plant corn and potatoes and kale because it's good for you and other <laughs> vegetables and grow them through the whole year. That's fun. That's good clean fun. Corn. That's... Look at all the corn we could grow. I don't even know if it grows in that area. I think it would, probably. Huh? Yeah. yeah huh? Why not? Huh? Pretty good solution, <laughs> right? I mean it would definitely be productive. Um it's it does somewhat verge on slave labor, but I'm sure you could get away with it. No, it's good, clean fun. We're having fun building a barn. There's okay, no, there's no labor here. It's all fun. Well, dear listeners, uh, let it be known if uh, Dr. Ray Rowanfelt or uh, the ASA or anybody from Avondale is listening. This is your directive. Our humble suggestion: replace barn. <laughs> Dance with Barn Day. It's a simple change. Three letters a, become one. A, yeah, it's a small tweak. It's just a small tweak. Yeah. Imagine how productive it'd be. Then you'd have a whole barn. In fact, you'd have a whole new barn every year. Every year. Where would they put all the barns? Like, There's plenty of room. Have... <laughs> Maybe at the end of the year they can they can they can destroy the barn and then create an, and build a new better one every single year. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be great. Oh my gosh. Oh, that is too good. Huh? All right. Pretty good idea. <laughs> I think I think that's a good I think that's a good place to leave it. <laughs> at the peak, at the pinnacle of the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, boy. No, but I think I okay. I, I do just want to add, I think a, a big takeaway from this and what I just want to drill in is like I think we just need to invite more conversation on these things. At the end of the day. Um, whether we're building a barn or we're dancing inside it, um, can we actually talk about our convictions and share them? Yeah, um, that's all, that's yeah. what I'd love to see. Yeah, don't don't uh, don't send arrows at each other. Send messages. Open up. Oh, that's nice. Share yourself. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Awesome. So, um, what did you guys think? Uh, are we onto something? Are we also heretics that are potentially going to lose our salvation because of our attendance and, uh, uh, I guess, affiliation with barn dance? Uh, what did you think? Give us, uh, let us know your thoughts. Send us a message on Facebook or publish a uh, an article on a blog about how terrible we are. No, your, no, uh, talk to us first, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're comfortable with, uh, <laughs> please, please do uh, send us a message if you think we're total heretics, or um, yeah, let us know what you what you thought on on this particular topic. Yeah, and just do it all. Go to burnthehaystack.org. Burnthehaystack.org. 
It's a beautiful website. <laughs> uh, and if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe on whatever podcatching app you use. Um, I find that I only really listen to the podcast I subscribe to. So if you would like to join us on this journey, uh, please do that right now. Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> Pull over the car. Subscribe right now. Stop your oh, jog. Yes. Subscribe. Do not endanger yourself for the sake of subscription. Make sure that yep. you are in a safe environment first. Yep. Stop doing the dishes. Take the gloves off. Dry your hands. Press subscribe. Pause. Yeah, pause like putting your makeup work. on. <laughs> stop cleaning the house. Just subscribe. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> it's time to stop. Stop. Okay. <laughs> All right. All awesome. Right. Well, that is Josh and Jesse out.